0: Hello and welcome to IRC Book Club, the show where every week we deconstruct, reconstruct the latest, biggest, most influential sales texts for you.
1: Sound like you're reading something there, Jonathan.
0: I am. Uh, We've gone professional with real show notes. Lily has prepared us real show notes. So for those who don't know us or why you should trust what we're saying, we're Johnny Graham and Michael Price from Inward Revenue Consulting and we do work with, actually, the best salespeople in the technology sector from all over the UK. So if you are currently looking for your next career step up, get in touch. Of course, if you're hiring, you can find us on LinkedIn for more of what we do, or just contact us. So, Michael, we're back on another cycle, and this week we are reading Mark Hunter, or The Sales Hunter, as he goes as. Yes. And you may have read and definitely will have heard some of his books, um, High Profit Selling, have you read that one? No. Have you read High Profit Prospecting? Yes. I liked High Profit Prospecting. Good, yeah. So, we're a little bit ahead with this book, in as much as it comes out on the 30th of March, is it, Lily? 31st of March so we are in possession of preview copies and we're going to be talking about and previewing the book. A couple of little sound bites about Mark. He himself is a sales expert who speaks to thousands each year on how to increase their sales profitability. We're covering his new book which is A Mind for Sales, Daily Habits and Practical Strategies for Sales Success. So I think this is a good one if you are perhaps, it's not quite happening for you, if you're not quite there, it's a good one to really go back to and just think about some of the philosophies of what maketh a good salesman. F-
1: philosophies is the right word. You know, This is not a textbook no. of actions to take. This is a theorising of how a good salesperson's mind works and what place it is in.
0: And I think it's a theorising based clearly on some pretty significant experience, isn't
1: it? Yeah, 100%, yeah.
0: Of having worked as both a trainer, as a salesperson... As a coach, he, yeah. he, he sort of got his head around it. So, shall we jump in? I believe today we're going to cover sections one and two.
1: Okay, happy today's. days.
0: So, let's crack on. So, uh, the first bit, uh, you know me, Mike, I always like to look at the forward.
1: Well, it's a good forwarder, isn't it? Anti and Areno. Yeah,
0: yeah no, I like.
1: Me? Well, he's a top guy. So that's do it you know right. I, he's not going to put his name to write a forward in the bad book.
0: No. And I love how he talks about how he got into sales. Because we've all got our own how we got into sales story, haven't we?
1: Yeah, of course, yeah. I remember Do you, you know wanted how to I wear got into sales? sales? I wanted to wear a suit. That was the only reason I got into it.
0: You went to wear a suit. He wanted to have a car. Because he'd messed up with speeding tickets and he knew he couldn't afford to insure a car, so he needed a company vehicle. Fair enough. Yeah, and you know we all remember our first company vehicle. What was yours, Pricey?
1: First company car that actually somebody paid for, that I didn't pay for. It was a black Citroen C5. Now, I remember the black sister in <laughs> C5. I pulled up outside Schofield Sweeney solicitors in Bradford to sell them some software. The man was stood outside, my prospect. Stood outside, I don't know what he would been doing, but he was stood outside. And he looked at me and smiled. Right. I couldn't open my driver's door because that had broken. Right. I couldn't open my passenger door because that had broken. I couldn't open the door behind the <laughs> driver's door because that had broken. And How so I had heinous. to climb out of the rear passenger door. No. Yes, that was an Emi's company car. Um, it provided good amusement. Somebody will probably still have it, Mike. Probably. Yeah, so then he goes on to talk about how
0: sales... I I wanted to pick your brains on this. Which put you in, the introduction? Yeah, I'm on page XV1.
1: XV1, yeah, OK.
0: acknowledgements. He says, sales is a lifestyle I enjoy. And he talks a lot... This book, is a lot of this is about... uh, He makes a lot of distinction between sales as a job and sales as a way of life.
1: And sales as a mindset. It is well titled.
0: Yes, a mind for sales. Yes. And sales as a mindset, or as a, I think he, if, when I'm again, I'm looking forward to him coming on the show. He talks a lot about it, almost being a lifestyle, doesn't he?
1: He uh, he's sort of. I think he talks about more accurately. He talks about how some people are in the right mindset to be a salesperson, and some aren't. I would like to call it a mind style, oh. which I know isn't a word, but it now uh,
0: A mind style, yes, a, a, st- a way of thinking, a state of being.
1: Yes, I think so. Yeah.
0: It's a, a, a and do you think that's a state of being people can switch on and off? Um,
1: possibly. I do mean, you I, guess, it I guess off I guess, at
0: Friday night on Friday night at five o'clock.
1: I guess actors switch it off off and on. You know the method actors. what's interesting is it was my sister's wedding yesterday. And, you know, as with all things like weddings, there's always some waifs and strays around the edges who have been invited, who don't really know anybody, blah, blah, But who's the man that goes and talks to all the waifs and strays around the edges? It's me, the salesman, isn't it? So is it, you know, my kids are just a bit too older now for the parents to stay at the kids' parties, the parents all go. But actually, you know, when your kids are like three and the parents stay and you're a sales guy you're good at entertaining and hosting them and making sure everybody's all right. Whereas, actually, when you go to some other parties and they're hosted by, you know, really boring people like lawyers, then <laughs> they're bad hosts, aren't they? So, actually, your mindset is always there. Quite how you apply it, you can switch off and on. You know, am, am I using tie-downs on my kids, no?
0: No. Well, we probably are occasionally. No, it, you get to tidy it, room after
1: dinner, aren't you? Inadvertently, but not yeah. quite with the same sort of further as you would yeah. pitch into a client.
0: Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. It carries into so many parts of your life if you're passionate about it and you're committed to doing it in your career. And you can often notice it in people, can't you? You
1: tell a salesman a mile off can't you? Or saleswoman, because I know we get a lot of grief about gender neutrality.
0: Okay. And then just further going on, he he says something about in my first two jobs I was focused on the free car and money I was earning. I saw customers merely as a tool to help me achieve my goals of making money.
1: He goes, yes, I had a strong case of commission breath. <laughs> but he says, a point, you know, you hear that a lot. Yeah. Where the salespeople are only too focused on the money. But I think actually I, I have seen in the past couple of years the salesperson's persona is changing a lot. I think genuine and honest and pragmatic are now the watchwords of the best salespeople.
0: Yeah, I think if you're not, I think if you're not in the game to deliver value, and if you're not proud of the value you deliver, I think you're proper done. If I look back at the sales guys I first met who really were purely in it for money...
1: Mm-mm. That's look, gone now. Yeah. That still exists in the VAR channel, I think. You know, the kit Do you guys. Think so? I think in the kit guys, yeah, for sure.
0: Well, they're just in it to... But oh, you, can, you can definitely... i got this guy and I screwed him for 10 points margin.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I know we're going to alienate some people that listen... <laughs> But if you said to me now, can I tell the difference between a software application salesperson and somebody shifting tin? Yes, in about three seconds, I would think now.
0: I'd be interested, you know, you and I are a little bit cosseted, aren't we, in this world
1: with dealing
0: with what in reality is an elite part of the sales community. I'd be interested to see what other salespeople are like outside of our community. Well, we we
1: meet them, don't we? You You go and buy a car, you meet a car sales guy. Yeah. And actually... The last car, you know, my wife and I bought. Could I smell his commission breath? Yeah, a million miles away. But that's because I went on the last day of the month. I picked the guy that was at bottom of the lead table and went after him. Fair play. So we got a big discount.
0: When I got the Tesla, that basically the Tesla kids all are all ex Apple stuff. All right. So it's hey like man, a, yeah, it's all that. <laughs> it's all that. So it doesn't quite. It doesn't quite compute as easily. So it was an interesting foreword. He, he talks that his final line at the end of it is, sales is not a destination, sales is truly a journey. And I was finally realised this journey was all about helping customers. What do you think
1: of that? Yeah, I mean, it's very cliched, isn't it? And the, felt a bit the, the, the problem is, so many people say it that don't mean it. But yeah. actually, in and amongst that, some, right. some people say it and mean it.
0: Yeah. You know, if I look back at all the best pieces of business I've ever done, actually it's always, the customer, I've always delivered serious value. Mm. I don't sort of subscribe necessarily to this whole, your, your raison d'etre is to, is to help the customer. I think your raison d'etre is to deliver value and make money.
1: Well, it's a very grey line there, isn't it? Yeah. Because your raison d'etre is to help the customer, but partially it's to persuade the customer that your solution set is the best without crossing the line and lying. Yes. And it's that crossing the line that's very difficult to define. That's where the grey line is.
0: Yes. The
1: the fine line between... Lying? Being a shark. The fine line between lying and persuading. Yes. Now, where does that exist? Now, nobody ever really And he talks
0: there. later on, and there's, there's quite a lot of conversation. It might come in another show about uh, 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 passion.
1: Mm. And mm. I kind
0: of retranslated that as belief. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, so, the first... Part of this book is called Mondays Are for Selling. Well, Part- the, first,
1: the first section is your mind dry, Your mind drives your success. So, then his first chapter is Mondays Are for Selling, which yes. I absolutely agree with. Um, I mean, it's a Zig Ziglar quote that he uses. Obviously, outstanding people have one thing in common: an absolute sense of mission.
0: Yeah, they do. Uh, what do you think to this? now I'm up at 4.30am every morning I'm not just loving Monday but every day because of the opportunities that wake me up I kind of got a bit vexed with that
1: Yeah, you only get vexed with it because it's cheesy but it is true, you know on the next page on page 4 as I've got it <clears throat> he goes how do you use Monday, is it a day to get organised for the week or do you get a jump on everything, throughout this book you will find I call things out and be blunt here comes my first of many blunt statements your desire to use Monday to get organised is an excuse for your lack of desire to engage with customers. Totally right. He's 100% What did right. I
0: say to you the other week? Do you remember we were talking and I said, I didn't do my weekly review on a Sunday, it's completely fucked me.
1: Yeah. And his point Sundays is,
0: are for getting organised, Mondays are for getting on the job.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you hear it a lot with candidates when we go into, you know, what environment you're looking for, tell me about a typical working week. Typical working week. Monday Monday and Friday are admin days. Oh, right, so they're not selling days then. Do you
0: know, Mike, last night... Get that a lot? I, I, did, two, I did two or three hours of getting myself organised, which I always do on a Sunday. Mm. I do my getting organised for the week on a Sunday. I read all my... Well, empty my inbox, blah blah, 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 blah. Last night I came home, I'd been out at a yoga thing, blah, 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 blah came home, uh, and I just thought, well, I've not quite finished off and I'm not quite ready for the week. Went back upstairs, got my iPad out, put some tunes on, started looking through. Email from a client in America... That client in America is one of the most impressive people I have ever worked with in the last two years, I would say. And the candidates, it's a senior level job, I thought, is a top guy. What was interesting was he was doing his week prep on a Sunday too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the guy
0: that works with him, he was doing his week prep on a Sunday. Why? Because on Monday he wants to be in and amongst it.
1: Well, it says here, you know, Mondays, especially Monday mornings, are a perfect time to reach out to existing customers and make follow-up calls. By so reaching out on Monday morning, it puts you in the class of people who say, I care. Now, the reality is, is you know, I, would, I don't know for sure, but I would think maybe the salespeople that we deal with, 10% take action on a Monday morning. So guess what? That 10% are already ahead of the 90%. Yeah.
0: What do you think of cold calling on a Monday
1: morning? I'm in,
0: 100%. Do you find it's as well received on a Monday morning as perhaps other times of the week?
1: Well, that's a separate issue. I think cold calling is actually very well received now
0: yeah i'm finding that
1: um, it was unbelievable think, i, I can't work s- out whether
0: that's because you and i have just become that accomplished at it?
1: no no that's that, that's your ego that jonathan the fact is is that i think so few people do it
0: i was talking to well, a client do you think the gen z millennial salesman i, I was does talking to a client of mine
1: way? let's call him bill and we were just sort of laughing basically and he said i don't get it mike i had the same mobile number for 20 years it has not changed Said no one calls me anymore. Do you
0: know what? I don't. I can't remember said, when last time I got a cold call. He
1: said no one calls me. He said, I wish they did. I'd take it. And what's interesting is you know what, I use Lucia as a clone, uh, Chrome plugin to get people. How to did you get them. my phone number? Yeah, all that. But you know, whereas once you would expect a bit of a frosty response, you just don't get it anymore. But that's a separate issue.
0: Yeah. So he's talking about Monday. And he talks about the most productive task you can do is to have customer-facing time. What is customer-facing time? This is the time you spend in conversation with a customer, whether in person or on the phone via email or text. He says you've got to just get in the fight on a Monday morning, first thing. Set
1: setting your pace, aren't you? Get
0: Yes. I made a note here. Um, I'm promoting another recruiter here from a different company. John Gorham used to ring me. When I when we were, was at Howard Jackson, on a Monday night, I used to get a phone call. He was a branch manager, I was a branch manager, and he used to say, where are you at? And we both you knew, if you haven't got the week rolling on a Monday, you were in trouble.
1: Mm-mm. I agree, and that yeah.
0: was the mindset was, if at those days, the big KPI was what they called companies covered at Howard Jackson. You had to get candidates sent out to specs that you hadn't sent them out to before. That was their KPI. And if you weren't on two companies covered on a Monday night, you were in trouble. And if you weren't on four on a Tuesday, you were in big trouble.
1: Yeah, because you used to end up with a range of rubbish ones on correct, a Thursday.
0: Because you were always chasing and then you'd send rubbish ones Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Just to keep, uh, no offence Dave and Steve, but just to keep Dave and Steve off your back. Um, and he used to ring me Monday night. Well, 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 have you got off to the start or not? Yeah, exactly. But he did also used to say that he used to have the fear on a Sunday night. And he used to feel physically sick working there. So it's not all roses. Um, and then what's this pizza gold thing? I, I, I need to have a look at this movie, Tommy Boy, that you mentioned. I bought it. Did you buy it? Bought it. What on DVD? Yeah, I haven't got a DVD player, but is it? Uh, Not watched it, it, it
1: arrived. Oh no, it was like an Amazon sort of, you 199. know, one ninety nine. Yeah, less than two quid
0: Yeah. So he mentions this movie that he claims is his favourite sales movie. Now that really got my interest. I've got to see that. Well, I bought it. Right. Well, so we'll, well see. When you've seen it, bring it in. If it's, I will do, rubbish. Yeah, if it's yeah. rubbish, don't. And then he talks his final bit on this chapter: momentum creates momentum and success, creates successes, which is what we've been alluding to, isn't it? Mm. So his opening chapter really is all about how... You know, what he's talking about here is a mindset of getting up and getting at it on a Monday. He's saying get going, that's what he's saying. Get in it.
1: So chapter two then is called Your Monday Mission. I like his quotes, by the way, at the start of each chapter. Yeah, the good, good, those aren't I reckon they? I think he's read a few books, this fella. The second paragraph, it starts with, Never allow a day to end without knowing what you are going to do tomorrow especially on a Sunday or Monday. Oh, I couldn't agree more. He's 100%. He couldn't be more correct. The thing I will do, irrespective of where I've been, what time I get back, is I will plan tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. Irrespective what day it is.
0: Yep. Yeah. I, I don't do that actually, but what I do do is I get up every morning, and he'll talk about this in, in a minute, I do journal every morning, and when I've done my journal, I then make sure, before I've even set off for the office, I've got a plan for my day. Mm, mm. And I never walk in here without a plan for my day ever. So you can't, he says here you can't relive last week, so you better make the most of the week ahead. And it's that little bit. I, I w- I'd love to do a little survey. I wish we could find a way of doing a survey amongst our audience. How many people plan their week properly on a Sunday?
1: Well, wow, that's pointless, isn't do it? it won't any Yes.
0: Do you do Sunday? A little sit down, do a little bit Sunday planning.
1: I tell you what, I don't do it actually on Sunday. I do it on Friday. So I go to jujitsu on a Friday. Yeah. Get back in about half past eight. Half past eight till nine. I plan it so that I don't think about it over the weekend. Right. But come nine o'clock on a Friday, I literally, you know what I'm like. I forget everything that's happened. You, then,
0: you then drink uh, six-pack
1: six of I, Stella well, and well, half a half a bottle of Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but do I do it? Do I know what I'm going to do on a Monday morning? Yep,
0: 100%. Right, whereas I do mine Sunday morning. Do you know what's interesting, Mike, is even when I was 26 and I was a piss-artist young consultant and I lived in a shared house with all my mates, I did it then. Sunday night, I used to, no matter how hungover I was, I used to go upstairs to like this little room we had in the attic. And I used to sit down and plan my week and think, right, am I going to get my activity this week? Where's it going to come from?
1: So page 10, he said, we need to call out the elephant in the room, stress. For many people, the weekend, especially Sunday night, is stressful knowing another week is about to begin. Now, you used a word a minute ago, which is the fear. How did we create that as a word? The fear. I just think it's absolute Nonsense. You I tell you now listeners because, Mike, if you, you have got the fear quit Get your out. job today Yes. stop listening to this book right now phone your manager and resign
0: yeah
1: there's too many because actually will see been... what happens with the fear right is you've got the fear you, you can't afternoon. perform if you've got the fear well, it's not so, I'll, t- I'll tell you why though but you sat there with your family are you giving your family your full time and attention no are you giving your pastimes your full time and attention no what happens that affects your work what happens then? The fear gets worse. Just an ever decreasing circle. I don't think the fear should be allowed.
0: But people do get the fear, Mike. Well, loads of people do. People really
1: do get the fear. Loads and they? loads and loads of people. And, do. And, and but that's because the mind isn't clear. You and
0: I don't get the fear because we run our own business and we're our own bosses. I and don't
1: face it, so I'm not going to get it.
0: We, but you don't get it because we, we, we run our own thing and we're in charge. No, of I get modesty. the
1: fact people are rueful about the fact the weekend's over and they think, "Ah, oh, I wish I had another day off.
0: No, but what is the fear, Mike?
1: Well, people are scared of the next day.
0: Yeah, they're literally frightened of well, going fe- back fe-
1: to work. Nonsense. Anyway. I'll
0: tell you what, Mike, I've had the fear. Well, I haven't. I've had that. I've been there Sunday night, feeling ill, heavy weight in your stomach. That no. thought. I've had it to a point where uh, I've come out in rashes.
1: No, not for me.
0: At the thought of coming back to work. Page but 11. You're absolutely right. You shouldn't have to do it.
1: Page 11. It says, 10-step game plan for managing your week. Now there's there's ten steps as you can you know, as you can tell and blah bra- yeah, blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I sort of did agree, sort of don't agree, because I actually don't agree with doing it on Sunday. And I know what you've just said and you do it and this other top guy does it and all the rest of it. I really personally think that people should be able to compartmentalise home life and work life. And that's really important. So what you're saying is actually, you'd be better off doing it... You'd better off staying at work till 9 o'clock on a Friday.
0: Yeah. How many guys do you know, and I see I speak, see this a lot, where like people disappear at 3 o'clock on a Friday?
1: All the time. Guys, it's ridiculous.
0: I just don't get that.
1: It's pathetic.
0: I do not get that.
1: And then they're going to come into work on Monday...
0: Oh, I'm really behind.
1: Sort of catching up with stuff here. You no,
0: know, have at it till 7 o'clock on Friday. Finish,
1: finish on a Friday. But other than that, you know, his his 10-game plan, part three, schedule three to five calls before 10am. I put, yeah, how about 30? Um, I do like this (laughs) point four is, do not use any time on Monday to get organised. I agree with that completely. That should be done.
0: How many guys do we speak to where, yeah, Mondays are for reading email and
1: catching up? I agree, yeah, I said that earlier. That's bullshit. And point four, he goes, if you attack Monday hard, you will attack your entire week. I agree. Uh, Part five of this particular 10-part list is start your day by taking 10 minutes to recap all the s- successes you had last week and the successes you've you this that? week. Um, do you
0: do
1: that? I don't, actually.
0: I, I actually do. I don't. I actually have a... I use a journaling app called Day One, and in that app, I do every... I've got three templates, a daily template, an evening template, and a, weekend, and a weekly template. The weekly template does a weekly review. I've got a picture of it somewhere here. Um, and in yeah. that weekly here you go in my weekly template there is this morning I'm grateful for my three gig goals for the quarter hour and today's target and focus areas and then on my weekly review it's what were my achievements what did I get out of last week and I don't think that's a bad thing because my, my natural predilection is towards being miserable so if I don't remind myself of the good things I've done I'm naturally miserable
1: fair enough so here's one for you on, on, eight, on in, point eight of this
0: what do you make of intentionally scheduling time to thank three other people within the first two hours of your day
1: Nah, no, that's, that's nonsense. Not I think you should do that anyway. Part eight: Take care of yourself physically. It goes on a bit, and he goes: Low achievers do not take care of their physical bodies. I do find that. I think taking care of yourself, not being fat, and all the all the stuff that goes with it, I do think that's ultra, ultra, ultra important.
0: Well, I think we're athletes, Mike. Uh, yeah, well, no, no, I think, I think I... we're men. I think what we do, we are. Well, it's not even about using the word athlete. We're professional sales athletes, and sales is physically and mentally demanding.
1: I think it's more than that. I think there's a brilliant scene with Denzel Washington and some guy where Denzel's an undercover uh, police officer, and he gives somebody some crack. And then he gives him some crack and he says, Listen. Training day. Yeah, training day, that's it. Great movie. Gives gives this guy some. Yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gives this guy some crack, and Ethan Oak doesn't realise it's crack, and he goes, but yeah, that's crack. And he goes, it's all right, have some beer to give yourself some balance. Take and the edge that, off. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, but that's <laughs> the point of, you know, doing something. So I just spoke to a candidate this morning who's really into cricket, but he's got balance, he balances his work life. So when he's on the cricket pitch, he isn't thinking about work. And actually, yes, being in physical shape will obviously help you, Clearly because your body will just work, function better, but I think it gives you balance as much as anything.
0: Yes, I do also, though, and I caveat that with, there is, and I see in a lot of salespeople, there's an overcompensatory thing, where, actually, because, and and I see this quite a lot, salespeople aren't performing who become very obsessive about some kind of sport or exercise, and actually, they begin to self-actualise what should have been career success...
1: Yeah, you do see that, for sure.
0: It, they self-actualise their career success actually in their triathlon or their, I don't know, karate or whatever. Karate? Karate. Or, <laughs> do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course you get that. Well, that's a different part, though. That's because you're into self-actualisation there.
0: Yes, but it almost crosses into it. It's like one minute they're working out and then the next minute it just it, it's taken over.
1: Mm, mm, mm.
0: you can always tell it sounds really bad This I'm going to get pasted for this there's usually a picture of them doing some kind of physical activity running across
1: li- the finish line of the MDS on their LinkedIn profile yeah 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 well well, that's an identity point isn't it correct they're not a salesman they're an athlete uh,
0: correct I'm not a salesman anymore I'm an MDS finisher or I'm a London Marathon finisher or, and actually we're all in it yeah but, well that's
1: that an identity point a,
0: yeah you're making a statement about your personal brand but that statement about your personal brand is also a statement you've made to yourself about yourself.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah, you get that a lot. I always find that interesting on Facebook, actually, when people put up a picture of their kids instead of them on the profile picture. Who are you? And I just think, are you them or are they yeah. you? Yes. What are you I doing, think, uh... vicariously living through your kids right? you put a picture of yourself?
0: And then there's a statement of the bleeding office number ten: stay off social media on Mondays. Social media is the bane of productivity. It is, and we've, you know, we've had some really good guests on the show talking about this very thing, haven't we? We have.
1: And, yeah. uh, and next on to chapter three. Yes. So chapter three. It's all about you. It's all about you. the big be a good song, that.
0: Who did that? McFly, thank you, Lily. <laughs> 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 McFly. Um, success is not owned, it is rented, and that rent is due every day. I like that. Yes. So, so,
1: so then he goes on, and he says, your own mind is the single greatest obstacle you will need. To overcome, to be successful. And he says, The number of times I've had people complain to me about how painful Mondays are because of the job they do, what they have to sell makes me laugh. Why is that, Mike? Page 18. Right, let me find this. So anyway, so as I was reading this, I thought to myself, I hope he's going to talk about compartmentalising emotions and compartmentalising sales into jobs, away from personal and compartmental in all the other parts, which actually we spoke about in the first chapter.
0: Yes. Okay, so I've got that. What page are you on?
1: I'm now 19, actually.
0: Yep, that's right. Unless our job puts us in physical harm.
1: Oh, well, that's on the next bit, yes. But he says, unless our job puts us in physical harm, why do we allow ourselves to stress out? Now, he goes on a little bit, and we're sort of covering some stuff that's going to come, but I've said it for a long time, and we used to work with a guy called Chris Scott who was an army guy. Of he was an ex-marine. Yeah, I mean, a pretty intense fella. He'd, be,
0: he'd done two tours in Northern Ireland.
1: And he, go, he used to go, they're not going to shoot me down the phone, Mike. He
0: used, yeah, he used to say... No matter, he used to, and, and Chris had come in, to be fair to me. he'd smash 120 calls a day, wouldn't he?
1: You know, point is, that you get a lot of people who are fearful of picking up the Correct. phone. Correct. To whom Chris Scott would say... And in fact, you know... He'd laugh,
0: he'd laugh at people.
1: Jacob Spencer used 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 to to say, you know, Jacob was a pretty big, tough character, wasn't he? Rugby player, into karate.
0: And Jacob (laughs) Spencer would say,
1: they're not going to punch me down the phone.
0: Chris used to say, we're not in our mar getting shot at, Johnny. Exactly.
1: And And this guy, I do like this guy, I can't remember his name now, the uh, chap... What's the sales hunter's real name? Mark Hunter. Mark Hunter. Um, He's
0: right. Nobody's going to reach down the phone and give you a slap, are they? No.
1: Well, phone up, Although
0: was I was talking with an old colleague today about a time where he once drove in his car to have a physical confrontation with a client. Fair enough. So, yeah, it, it, it is a, it's a straight point, isn't it? We It's easy to get stressed out about selling and work and all that. My comment about that was, it's great and it's brilliant that he's saying it, but my feeling about the book is, I still think it's a very helpful comment to the people who are getting stressed out.
1: Oh, I think it is. I know that we're Why, gonna, because I, he's I just think, saying it? I know that we're going to come to different conclusions, but I think what happens a lot in the job that we do, you've got a lot of people who work from home, it sort of eats away at them a little bit. I think actually you've got a lot of people who have the word sales in their title when they shouldn't really have it.
0: Well, I actually wrote here, if you can't deal with the bad calls, fuck off out of the job. Yeah. Dealing with bad calls, requ- and he says, dealing with bad calls requires us to rise above venting and going passive. Exactly. Um, no, no. Uh, and, I, and I wrote here, you know, it's a, uh, I put point one, it's only a game. Point two, you'll find the people who are hard with you and the people that give you a hard time in a call, A, are usually not decision makers. Correct. B, usually not worth dealing with. C, uh, for what it's worth for those who listen, I have what I call my arsehole list, which still at 48 years old I do it and I get revenge. But that's because I'm quite a combative, competitive human being. I I know you move straight on. I couldn't care less. You forget that they ever existed. Me, I had one a few weeks ago. Yeah, but what's
1: the point? That's just going to eat away. I
0: like to get revenge. Treat me badly, you get revenge.
1: Ah, treat me.
0: In in recruitment, uh, it's quite easy to get your revenge. Uh, So if a client treats me badly and they're rude and obnoxious, they just go straight on a list of, right, I'll headhunt all your staff relentlessly ad infinitum.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't bother about that kind of thing.
0: Um, no, I know you don't bother, but sometimes it just gives me a little chuckle to think oh, that's right. You're really rude to me when I tried to come this year. He, he goes on I now
1: think. for a few pages, reiterating and making his point. He uses some baseball player and barley bar about.
0: Yeah, and he uses my favourite quote: "Rising tide floats all the boats." At the end,
1: yes, I do like that. And then he goes on. There's a bit here: "Dark secrets of a top performer," and he says, "You know, fear, hesitation, and you know, and not foreign to top performers, you know the." Th- they see it, they just handle it better.
0: The thing is, Mike, and I think Mark will agree with us when he comes on the show, sales is a contact sport.
1: Yes, exactly, yeah, yeah.
0: You can't get in this game and not expect to take
1: knocks. I agree, yeah. You can't. That's just... I think that's why a lot of the millennials, the millennials aren't young anymore, are they? But what, why a lot of the younger salespeople who are 20, uh, 21, 22, that age bracket. The snowflakes. The snow, that's what they're called now, the snowflakes. That's yes. what is, my mum calls them. Yeah, it is, they have had a cosseted life. Yes. They've had a middle-class cosseted life, by and large, a lot of them, where their par- parents haven't said no to ha- to owning things, or, you know, everything's gone their way, and they're afraid of the rejection and failure. You know, you think about, you know, you think about, you know, you've got this friend who is a multi-mega gazillionaire. He'll have had plenty of rejection early on in his life. Plenty. So he can deal with rejection later on in his life. But actually, you know, you look at those people. It's their kids. How much rejection did their kids have, and how can they cope with rejection later on? So, honey, my daughter now a black belt in taekwondo. She'd never failed a grading. And for a black belt grading, Tony, the guy goes, you know, she might feel this sad, but I hope she does. Won't hurt her. It'll do the world of good.
0: It'll hurt at the time, yeah. Sometimes, well, it's interesting, you know. I look at that as a parent, and I know my own daughter is. had a very difficult knock about eight, six, seven months ago now, and actually, it's been probably the single best piece of parenting we've ever done.
1: Great, it's good for you. Yeah,
0: they don't because I think a lot of these kids don't take knocks. But I think a lot of that, Mike, is born of. What is a, what's been an extremely anomalously low period of unemployment, while well they continue. Um, and as a result, the, a lot of people entering the workforce now don't actually expect to ever have to struggle to get a job.
1: You know, they don't have to fight for their jobs, do they? Nope. They don't know what it means. Because actually the clients said rather they didn't resign. Whereas, whereas you know, 2007, oh, right, you've missed your target, well, I'm going to fight you. What? Oh, you yeah. missed your target, I'm going to find you.
0: I remember in my very first job at Aztec Systems as a computer broker, I was expected to make 150 phone calls a day. And I remember my boss being very clear with me and saying, listen, son, there's 20 more people where you came from who want that job.
1: Yeah, cool. exactly.
0: And so what you've got is a generation of people who don't realise that there are 20 guys who'd kill for that job, not because it's a really cool job working for a startup with stock options, but just because it's a fucking job.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, what page are you on now? I've, I've sort of skipped forward to twenty. Chapter four,
0: soon. what I thought was a no-mark chapter.
1: So, go to chapter four, Jonathan. Sales is leadership, and leadership is sales.
0: Yeah, uh, our objective should just be that: sell and lead. I guess thought with this chapter, I thought I've written in my notes here nothing useful or practical in this chapter, apart from the fact that uh, I got through it quickly.
1: So, didn't you like his reference to Winston Churchill, who was selling?
0: No. Why not? I just Thought it was tat. What are you on about? I just thought as a chapter, I just thought, I've got nothing out of this.
1: Have you just skipped read it and not read it properly?
0: I read it and I thought, I'm, I'm not getting anything out of this. It's not developing me as a person. I thought it wasn't a very good chapter.
1: Fair enough. Chapter five.
0: Sales is not your job. Sales is your lifestyle. So we, we've sort of got onto this a little bit.
1: Does making sales calls excite or drain you? Be honest with yourself.
0: Ah,
1: yeah. That's a good debate for the floor, isn't it? Yeah. If there are people here.
0: How do you feel about making a real sales call?
1: I think some people it's a necessity. Assess- you know, is it being a necessary evil? Is that good enough? Do
0: you get excited or drained?
1: I don't feel either.
0: Me neither. I'm, I'm neither excited nor drained. It's just...
1: Just a, part of the job.
0: A, a ...an other action I need to take right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I absolutely agree.
0: I get excited about being in the call... And being in a good call. I get, I get
1: excited about meeting a new prospect or a current prospect or a guy that I've dealt with for a long time. And actually to get to that point, phoning somebody up you never spoke to, that's part of it.
0: I get excited about it. If I do a little cold call tomorrow or today or whenever, and I go into that call and the guy says, well, actually, thanks for your call. I like your approach. da 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 Tell you what, give me a call in three months. I think I'll probably be looking. And I say tomorrow, well, I'll tell you what, if I call you in three months, will you be happy to talk to me about whether you can work with us? And they say, yeah, yeah you seem like an all right blow, bloody blah. blah, blah, blah. I get a little buzz out of that. A well, little Well, let's a little be clear, back in my diary.
1: Let's be clear, all of the clients I've got have come from a cold call. Yeah? Well, not yeah, 100%. <laughs> None somewhere, of
0: the- somewhere along the line in order for that to be your customer it was a cold call somewhere along the line.
1: Yeah. So I think he's going to get into the point that we were talking about. He says here, you know, page 32, to me sales is not a job. Remember the two jobs I got fired from? Those were jobs. No matter how many Calls I make or customers I speak to, sales is not a job, it's a lifestyle. I mean, I sort of get his point. I'm not sure 100% I 100 agree with it, but I get his point. Go on, what do you mean? I sort of get the impression that some people, so so at this wedding, so I was at this wedding this weekend. There was this guy there, nice enough, nice enough man. Never never met him before. Runs. Three million restaurants or whatever it is for some big chain. You know, like some mega guy. Right. And I'm having this pizza oven built, right? God, he bored the pants off me about pizza ovens. But that's because he lives in what he does all the time. Now, his cooking, his lifestyle, yes, it is. Whereas, I think quite often you get salespeople who are always in that, always pitching, always selling mindset. I actually think they're a bit irritating, really.
0: Yes, I get you.
1: So I think if you say it's a lifestyle, and I'm constantly going to be,
0: what was the like word you that? used? A mind style.
1: Mind style. I think it's 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 a mindset for the job at hand. I imagine, you know, if I met a children's TV presenter, they're probably great at presenting children's TV, but they sort of irritate me after five minutes if they were like that one I met. Them. Hello. You just irritate me that yes so is it a lifestyle no but i think you have to have the component parts in you that you can call upon at any time
0: yeah and he's a bit evangelical about it i mean my notes were here i wrote getting into contact is fun supporting and acting in your clients and candidates best interests is fun being a and i put inverted commas trusted advisor is fun it's nice to be important and useful and i and i said i find this whole reframe a little bit cheesy and a bit exasperating yeah, and, I, I, and for me, I actually felt that it's a little bit... And I think you've you've actually summed it up probably more better than I'm going to hear. I, it, for me, referring to sales as my lifestyle is a bit dishonest.
1: Yeah, because that's not what you're do at the rugby, is it? No. Are you going to try and close Pete on getting you a cup of tea? No. You're going to ask him a closed question, do you want a cup no. of tea, Pete? No, when I'm with Pete, I'm with Ryan... Are you, you going to say to him, do you want a cup of tea, Pete? No. The point is you're going to say, do you want a cup of tea, Pete? You're not going to go, Pete, would you like a cup of tea or Bovril? You're not going to tie him down with an alternate clothes? No.
0: And I think, you know, I've written here, the fact is work, in and of itself, is shit. Having to work for a living, that's rubbish, really. If we could, none of us would work. And 90% of jobs are meaningless. Mm, Yes. Yeah. And the fact is we've all got to find ways to make our work
1: meaningful. I agree.
0: Yeah, it's because, actually, without meaning in work, we become psychologically unwell. Freud said there's two things that 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 make that create a healthy human mind. Love and meaningful work. Full stop. End of. Right. You give a man meaningful work and love, he will be happy. And actually, it's not money. So, you know, is placing overpaid, entitled, arrogant cybersecurity guys meaningful to me? Mm, no, but you know what? Sometimes... I get to really add a bit of value and I get to help, get to support. You know, sometimes clients actually really care about my opinion.
1: I like this guy's point page 33. He reiterates the point that nobody dies when you make a cold call. So that's good. Yeah, thank you. And then he said well he actually says um Ree, how do you feel are you putting your children at risk? Is anyone yeah. shedding blood? Are any animals being harmed? No, no. You're only making phone calls. And then he skips down. Uh, oh, well, I'm going to skip down a little bit. And then he goes, which I think is very subtle, but fair point. He says, Accept the fact that your prospecting calls will disrupt people. Because what happens is you phone somebody and you say, Hi. You're Mike all right Pro- to talk. It's Mike Price, Winwood Revenue. Their initial response is going to be, oh. And that's not at you. That's because they were trying to do something else at that yes. time.
0: Absolutely. Well, we're in the business of interrupting people.
1: And that's why I think he's got. You know, the mindset, right. Now, this bit I don't agree with. It goes on page 34. Sales is about helping others. A lot of the Americans... I'm so
0: pleased you've come out with this. A lot of the
1: Americans say that, and I think that is them insulating and selling to themselves.
0: Thank you. Do you know, Mike, before we recorded this, and you said to me I've really enjoyed this book, I was nervous that you'd sort of become like some weird... Some lefty. Yeah. Um... And I get it, you know, sales is all about helping other And I, I'll tell you what I felt about this, and I'm going to take the author to task on it. I felt like he's drinking from the same Kool Aid fountain as his LinkedIn engagement pod. Fair enough. Bob Berg, Jeb Blunt, that lady that looks like she should have retired ages ago. There's a load of sort of little old lady that's always yabbering on. Oh, no, she's always in foreign countries getting excited about how they're going to this show called Outbound, which I think they all put on together. All right. Um, and that whole, it's all about helping people. Oh, come on, there's a reason we're in this game.
1: Well, there's a reason people get paid commission.
0: Yes. I'm. If you're in sales and you're not in it for commission, run along.
1: Correct, yeah. Customer service, that's about helping people.
0: Yeah, go and be going and be a CSM, well, customer success about, manager. That is about helping people. Yeah, you're in the wrong job. Sales is it?
1: about influencing people and getting the clients an outcome they wouldn't otherwise have got. And
0: it was phrases like that that frustrated me with this book. You
1: know, SAP versus Oracle. Oh, I'm going to help you more. No, I'm going to help you more. No, I'm going to help you the most. That's I'm not mo- yeah. That's not what they're
0: doing. No, it's I'm selling you some software today,
1: and I'm going to try and beat the other person. Yes,
0: and I, and for me that. I'm so pleased you said it because... It's
1: sycophantic is the word. But it's a very American thing that I think. Let's pick on the Americans for a bit. I think the Americans are hiding behind that. I think they're using it well, to sell what, sales books.
0: Yes. Thank you, Michael. That's what they That doing. is exactly what I wrote in my notes. That it's vernacular for people who don't like being in sales. Yeah, correct. 100%. It's vernacular for the people that woke up one morning and realised, shit
1: i mean in sales. I, mean, I to I mean, tell my kids I go to work to help people like a doctor. Yeah. No?
0: Uh, I couldn't agree. Com- I couldn't agree any more. Anyway, unless agree, I'm going to go
1: to chapter six now unless you have anything Agreed. else.
0: Agreed. What's good is we've got plenty to talk about here, haven't we?
1: So chapter six, annual goals are just a starting point. So in here, you know, we're going to get into uh, a bit of goal and measurements that make up that goal. What I do like is, you know, we're talking about on page 39 now. He's talking about... Measuring uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. The percentage of time spent customer facing, good thing to measure. The percentage of leads that turn into customers, a good thing to measure. Can I remind you for a minute on this?
0: Yes. Uh, The first question he's put here is, ask yourself what you're measuring. I do. And I wrote underneath, thing is, 95% of the clients we work with measure nothing but the number. Correct. And and it's flat... You know, let's get it right. You know, you and I aren't gazillionaires, Mike, but we've done all right. But at 48, I'm still not afraid to ask myself what my KPIs have been. Johnny,
1: you know what I said to you last week? If I make less than 60 calls in a day, I've had a bad day. That's it. No That's the answer. only time you ever
0: see me grumpy. Because you've not made enough calls.
1: And it doesn't matter if I've got 10 offers that have all been accepted. and am still irritated about it.
0: Because you know 60 calls a day equals me earning the living
1: I expect. Yeah. Me. I mean, the fifth thing he wants to measure is... The number of calls made to find a prospect? I mean, that's a decent mindset.
0: That's brilliant. But let's get it right, Pricey. Let's do a straw poll now. 500 salespeople in our sector. How many of them count in an OCD, OCD way like you do? How many calls they've made to Not many.
1: I think, I think their defence would be I'm not going to make that many cold calls. Well,
0: keep a foot there. I'll tell you what I think. And again, it's a coming back to historical cycle and it's again going back to an economic environment in which people don't have to worry about having a job therefore key performance indicators have become very very unfashionable because
1: well the the, the employers are worried about not employing people
0: correct and therefore it's very difficult for an organisation to say mate you've only made 70 calls today when individual x can go to company y the next morning
1: they're managing my own calls and company y goes we don't do that no
0: problem come and work here because i'll just sit quietly hoping that it's going to be all right because i'm so desperate to recruit and the reality is in a tougher time people will get asked how many calls you make because it's tough out there
1: like Uh, his point seven of this one things to measure things to measure number seven the percentage of time you spent on administration and general office work this number will always be too high (laughs) 100%. 100.
0: Do you know, pricey? When I'm at my best form, I, manage, I I carefully and rigorously look at where my time has gone. At the what, end of the week.
1: Why would you ever stop doing that? If that's how you I know? get.
0: Sometimes i fall out of the habit of doing it. And you know, when I'm, you can always tell when I'm on fire because I OCD on my Sunday review. I either. I used to use an app called. Uh, Ev, um, what was it called? Ev, not Everhour. Yeah, Everhour. And basically, it just it's an app. It sits on your PC, and it clocks everything you do. And then it gives you a report at the end of the week, how much time you spent on LinkedIn, how much time you spent looking at Salesforce. If you're looking at Salesforce, you're dialing out. Mm. How much time you spent looking at Outlook. And you'll tell you, you soon realise, I'm not doing enough selling, whether you've measured your calls or not. But if most people, mm. if it would could you imagine if an employer turned around to people? Said, here you go, here's this app, I'm just putting it on your PC... ...so you can work out how productive you are during the week. Oh, I can't do that to me! It's well, they, inva-
1: well, they'd leave. They'd leave. it be some invasion of civil liberty, wouldn't it? It's
0: invading my civil liberty, I want to look at Facebook every now and then.
1: Exactly. Page 41, I like this. It says, "Do the, the, the heading is, do not touch the reset button. And halfway down, it goes, the fastest way to reset yourself... ...after a bad call is to move on to the next call.
0: Oh, and, couldn't agree more.
1: I mean, he's right. that's what I like about this guy... I don't like, you know, some of the other stuff. So
0: yesterday, Pricey, my missus took my daughter out in the car. Right. She stalled the car in the middle of a dual carriageway.
1: I thought it was an electric motor.
0: No, not my car.
1: Oh, your daughter's car. They've gone
0: out driving.
1: Ah, right, right. Practicing,
0: they've got out practising driving in the little Peugeot. Right. So she stalled the wee Peugeot in the middle of a dual carriageway, right?
1: Oh, what a bummer.
0: Izzy has had a fit. She's lost it. She's lost the marbles. Got out of the car stormed off because <laughs> she couldn't restart the car. So I've got back home there's a big row taking place and I. The, what's the first thing I've said needed to take place? Go on
1: let's get in the car Isabel.
0: Correct. Get back in that car.
1: 100% yeah. Because there is no
0: way I was going to have that whole uh, building it up to be a bigger thing than it is. Did she get in the car? Yeah. just went around the block. Fair enough. But I needed her to know I can drive the car it's all right. Because the last thing I need is to still be driving that kid around when I'm 30. When she's 30. But that's the point, isn't it? Get back in the car.
1: Yeah, I certainly agree. Or get back on the phone.
0: Yeah. Whatever. Make another call. And he, to be fair, he actually says, doesn't he, look, just ring a friendly client. Yeah, Yeah, and he's right. Just ring a friendly client for 10 minutes.
1: Page 42. I know too many salespeople who have as one of their goals to get X more connections on linkedin or facebook oh now well you see I, I sort of don't know i can see the merit in it because you know let's get it right what are we doing here now i've got i don't know oh, i know I any connections, i'm just not going to say but a lot of connections on linkedin and this is getting fed out to them but what is interesting i spoke to a candidate recently well not a candidate a man who wanted to be a candidate but there is a very thick red velvet rope around inward revenues candidate pool and he yes, definitely does not make it in because one of his key selling points was he said, "Well, I've got three thousand connections on LinkedIn." That was like I, I one of that his was selling the end points. Of the call for you. Yeah, I'm not interested.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: No, oh yeah, I hit my target last year. Oh, not even. I missed my target, but I know why.
0: Well, I think if you're really into the whole LinkedIn thing, it's great. If you're, if you're a recruiter, you've got twenty thousand contacts on LinkedIn that are all in your target market sector. That's pretty cool. That sort of has value. Sort of doesn't. If you're a salesperson.
1: depends doesn't it It, it, if i sold to the cios of the top 25 banks and i had 25 connections how many cios
0: of top 25 banks have linkedin profiles
1: but let's just say theoretically if i did and my 25 linkedin connections were the top were the cios of the top 25 banks fair enough i've only got 25 but who cares fair enough i'm here
0: Absolutely. it goes back to the, the the great article, I don't know if you've ever read it, 1,000 True Fans by Kevin Kelly.
1: No, i never never heard of it's it. It's a really,
0: listeners, that if you really want to think about social media, read that. Because that's what we're doing, 1,000 True Fans, Pricey. we live in that world. Okay, cool. Okay. And what? Uh, anything else here on this chapter? Annual goals are just the starting point. So what he's basically saying is, and you know, I've something grumpy when I read it, because actually I'm warming up to it, as I'm sat here now. Um, He's right, KPIs, we've got them. Yep. You and I still talk about them. Page not, f- not too, but it's precious isn't it people are precious about gaming. people are
1: precious that is exactly right I liked what he said on page 45 I mean I think 25 year goals uh, is a bit too far I out
0: did, I disagreed with that you know I've put here I have a number of very clear goals 25 years from now I'll be 73 God knows what the next two years will look like um, and I did think that was very impractical advice Yeah.
1: having yeah, a yeah.
0: 25 year goal if I'm 23 25 year goal great if I'm 48, 25 year goal. Bear
1: in mind, this is a chapter on goals. I like a lot of the stuff in the chapter, but it doesn't really seem to cover the aspect of goals particularly well.
0: No, and that was my issue. You know, there's a lot of very useful stuff in this book, and I think you're right. It's a good primer for getting you thinking about how you're thinking about acting. This isn't one
1: that you should sit down and take notes on, but this is one that you should listen to in your car.
0: On the way to an appointment, you'd do it in five hours, wouldn't you? Yeah. Drive to Bristol Circus. It's, it's
1: not a note taking book. Get out
0: of the car and you've had a good chat with yourself about what, how you're thinking about it. If you're driving there on the a Monday person.
1: morning and he said, Did you do your goals yesterday? And you're saying, oh, I didn't do it, I've got loads of admin to do. You're thinking, Yeah, I should have done that. But anyway, yeah. chapter seven Sales is not customer service. Do not confuse the two.
0: He says here, What pains me is the number of salespeople are anything but salespeople. That sales in their title have it written 50 times in their job description, but the title and description do not mean a thing to them. So what he's talking about here is identity. And and you know, Mike, that is my number one thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, mean, this is what I like about the guy, actually. I think when we meet him, he's clearly going to be a sales guy.
0: He he identifies as a sales professional.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And then again, he he says here, and you've mentioned it, your one purpose is to help them see and achieve what they did not think was possible. This means you will interrupt them, you will challenge them, and you will push them when necessary. Hmm. Like it.
1: Absolutely agree with him. He's 100% right. He sort of contradicts himself because actually I thought he was all about helping people. But anyway, we can cover that. I think what
0: he's saying is sometimes the customer doesn't quite know what's good for him. And he's
1: right. Page 51 Sales is not customer service. Love that. How can you not? Yeah. How can you not?
0: And he says here your objective each day is to push your customers. This means never settling for merely what you hear, but challenging their ideas. Why
1: are you in sales to push others? <laughs> I, I laugh there, Jonathan. Page fifty-two. Your objective each day is to push your customers. This means never settling merely for what you hear, but challenging their ideas. Yeah. Why you are in sales to push? Why are you in sales to push others? Sales is not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Salespeople who are of the faint of heart morph into customer service people or go into healthcare sales.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that you wrote in your notes. Yeah. it's so true, Mike. Do you know what's amazing is how many people I speak to. If you're listening and you're in the healthcare space, you know, I don't care. Um, how many people I speak to in healthcare where they talk about how important it is that they sell something... It's
1: all For the about, good of humanity. Yeah.
0: Uh, and the moment I hear it, I know I'm going to see certain things on the CV. Notably a lack
1: of target achievement. Might I see pipeline on there. Yeah. Might I see a reference to Jeremy Hunt.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but it... The mo- yeah, well, what were you doing? You, you want to help? You want to improve patient care? I'll tell you what, what A levels did you get? Biology and chemistry. If well, go back to college and be a nurse.
1: Correct, yeah, hundred percent.
0: Go back to college and be a nurse. That and it, it dry. You know, because well, you sit with me in an office. Well, let's get it right, three, you, Johnny. Five days the a week.
1: Percentage to target in different vertical markets as we verticalise by technology. Yeah, I reckon healthcare has got to be the lowest.
0: Yes. Yeah. Got to be, hasn't it? On average, yeah. But if fact, the top guys I meet in healthcare.
1: Well, you've got a client make, at the minute. How, how excited are you having met him?
0: Oh, top guy. Is he your salesman? Oh,
1: totally. Is he trying to help people?
0: Uh, I think he probably quite enjoys the fact that the product makes difference to the companies he what sells. What's the He at trying to, to do? Make money.
1: S- sell stuff to people.
0: Yeah, and, and and every now and then, he probably sits back and thinks, "Wow, crack it! It really made a difference to that
1: client. Wow, That's cool." But his primary objective. It's, it's a cool.
0: Making a difference to his customers is a cool byproduct of, of, of winning. His
1: primary objective winning. is... Winning. Yes. Winning. Exactly.
0: That's what it's about. Winning.
1: Anyway, chapter eight. Sell first and negotiate second. Like this. Go on. Well, I think we get it a lot with interviews, I think, which is, yeah, I'll go and have a talk to him, Mike, and I'm going to turn up and qualify him. And I think that's great and everything. But if the person sat opposite the desk from you isn't sold on you being a candidate for them. You cannot qualify them.
0: I'll tell you, Pricey, you are now working on this really big job at the moment. Yeah. So one of the candidates, a top guy, I thought, had a really good chat with him this morning, and he came to the end of the conversation and he said, I just need to mention something to you, mate. I said, what's They He said, I haven't spoken to them about money. And I went, right. And he went, it's wrong to talk about money because I want them to understand the value of me before we talk about money. He's 100% right. Said, I, know,
1: I don't know him, but I know he he's said, spoken about him. He's
0: having, having said that, my expectation is precisely as follows. And he went, have you written that down? <laughs> but, Fair play. And I went, right. And I went, what's the basis of that? And he went, well, I'm sitting on 33,000 share options at the following value. Therefore, I'm excited about that job for it. But for me to be able to take it, the offer will need to be that. But I do not intend to get into that route until they have decided I am the candidate they want now that is a salesman yes clear on it but
1: not honest honest. yes not emotional total
0: integrity please can you make sure that you're certain that we don't end up with then the next is he went something about can you make sure we don't end up down the line with this at a point where they can't afford to do that so I said actually I've already done that mate because I knew that's where we'd be
1: Mm.
0: and he went really and I went yeah I did that last Tuesday when I explained your background to them? Because I figured that's what you were going to say. Oh, right, good. Happy days. Yeah, but so many people are—they oh, get all involved about it before they've sold, before they've done the deal, before they've won the business.
1: Yeah, incredible. I yeah uh, I, yeah yeah. I'm not going to. Uh,
0: and then uh. he talks a little bit about prospecting with inter- integrity and trust. You will attract customers who have integrity. What page, and trust. Are you on? I'm on page fifty-eight. Okay. A direct correlation between companies and salespeople who have low-quality customers. And you, I like this point. He says, "You get the customers you deserve."
1: Yeah, hundred percent the case that.
0: Yeah, you sort of do, don't you? Yeah. If
1: definitely. you act like
0: a low rent guy, you're going to end up with low rent customers. Yeah. I heard a guy talking about. He's a recruitment consultant in our building at lunchtime mm-hmm. today. And he was talking about.
1: Is that the one that sells to Ox Tools?
0: I think it's rougher. It's the rough end of the sales community. There's one
1: that sells to Ox Tools. That's his big. And he point. was talking
0: about this sales. Who make
1: end. industrial hammers?
0: And I just thought you, you're at your own level, mate. You, you, and I didn't mean that in a mean way, because he tell you what, fair play to him. It was his lunch break. He'd stopped to make a call. He was. He's clearly about it in life, but he's sort of a bit rough and ready himself. And he lives in a world of rough and ready say, you know, tools. And he was talking about some bonzer Geezer that had worked. He referred to him as a bonzer geezer.
1: A bonzer geezer? Yeah. Happy but days. He,
0: it, 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 you sort of don't get into that, really, do you? And then he says, um, talking about sale and he, uh, he makes a really interesting point about allowing customers to drag you into a gutter with them, mm, mm. which I think is a very important one about salespeople. One of my favourite books I've ever read since we started in Wood Revenue Consulting is a book called Book Yourself Solid by a guy called Michael Port is all about generating appointments and getting in front of people and one of the things he says chapter two of that book is fire your five worst
1: clients yeah i do agree with that
0: just fire them and i remember that the first time i ever read that and it being like a sledgehammer to me over my head and him just saying what you what's the point particularly if you're in a professional services world where your time is your money yeah, and yeah. he's saying there are certain customers that just
1: drain you. Well, you've price. got a client, Johnny, but we can't mention the name. No. I always laugh at you for dealing with them. Well, as it? as And I know that, it's starting to frustrate you.
0: It's annoying me now. So much so that I've actually booked an appointment to go and meet the new chief revenue officer this week. Because I intend to turn it into a decent appointment. <laughs> 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 told you you
1: were wrong. I told you you're you were wrong,
0: wrong Pricey. That's my fifth placement this year there. Good for you. But you're absolutely right. Some clients just drain the life out
1: of you. Well, you don't make any money out of them. I'm you. not know, And I don't know why they want to deal with you.
0: And they drain you. You end up... It's, it becomes a draining... You, they drain your energy out of you.
1: Exactly. And what he's
0: saying is... Guess what you do. he's What he's saying is what you're doing. Get out. Move on. But some people never have that mindset. And also some people... It's easy for me and you to say... But some people don't have the freedom of having that mindset.
1: Yes, that's also true. You know, if you're on a patch and they're wearing 25 accounts, then...
0: Or if you've got a boss that's all over you like a rash... Well, I'm going to fire this. I'm going to fire this customer boss. He's draining the life out of me. It's a luxury you and I can afford. Itself as, yeah. I know.
1: Others. I think actually a lot of the candidates come. Can they just choose not to really. Anyway, what page are you on now?
0: Uh, we're on to the next chapter.
1: Oh, okay. Chapter nine. Be the difference maker. Others will value. He's got a lot of zigzag quotes. This guy. Yes. Uh, so let me have a look. I actually didn't take. Any notes on this chapter until page sixty-seven? Wow! So I didn't obviously didn't think that much of it. He put, "Who is on your selling team?" I do not mean who you manage. I mean who are your fans who go. And, and I put this actually. I think for a lot of the salespeople that we deal with, there's no one on their selling team. They're it. Yeah. You got a lot of low range. You look at that senior job that you're trying to fill for that US company. Who's going to be on that person's selling team? No one. It can be tough that. Absolutely. Now, here's a red bit. So I, I rule my book through in either yellow or red. Yellow oh, is what I like, red is what Charisma? I like. Charisma? Yeah. Do people, I know you, Pricey, pe- or what? Well, no, you do, don't you? People I respect, many of whom I write about in this book, all have one common trait. They are charismatic. To put it in simple terms, charismatic people attract others. Spend time around a charismatic person. Actually, that's absolute nonsense. I this wrote this here, sounds like a proper 90s cheese I, I thought that
0: was tattered. I put here. I meet some very quiet and diffident people who aren't immediately and obviously even confident. Not everyone we work with has charisma. If we all had charisma, we'd all be leaders. Point one. Point two. Some people have honesty, diligence, doggedness, and professionalism, and a desire to deliver value in their work, but are not charismatic personalities. But they're often the people you most want to be in the trenches with as a sales leader.
1: Well, you just want to work with people who get the job done. It doesn't yeah. have to be. It doesn't have to be charismatic, does it?
0: No, for me. I'd rather see in a salesperson honesty, diligence, doggedness and professionalism.
1: And I think people actually who actually who if you read in somebody's bio on LinkedIn, I'm a charismatic. I think it's stopped the stop. Well the it. moment
0: you personally think you yeah. are charismatic. Exactly. It's it's not a good sign.
1: It's a bad start, that. Yeah. It's a, ba- it's a bad
0: sign. I'm a charismatic guy. What?
1: Exactly. Completely agree. Yeah,
0: absolutely. and, and but for me, if you said to me right Johnny, we're going to hire a consultant tomorrow. Would you do you want to hire the charismatic guy? Well, listen, we've been there. We've hired the charismatic guy in the shiny suit. Or do you want to hire the guy who's diligent and sharp and smart and up for life and dogged and will never quit and isn't afraid of his phone and will just get on with the job? I know which one I'd rather have.
1: I completely agree. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. And that, for me, was the end of that chapter, unless you had some other notes on it, actually. Nope. That's as much as I got. So now we're into Chapter 10. Oh, yeah, Be- I'm just flicking back through this. Because it's. I didn't. I think we're going through... It's broken into sections, then chapters.
0: Yes, and we're just about to finish the section.
1: Oh, you're just about to finish it with Chapter 10. This is 10. the last
0: one of the section and the last one of the show, which has been a lengthy show, but my God, we've had a lot to cover.
1: Yeah, OK, go for it.
0: So this one is about being passionate about sales is what your customers expect. What do you make of being passionate about sales is what your customers expect?
1: Well, I need to get to, back to my notes, but I think that and it's... Its, its own in isolation is a really poor statement that's what i wrote no i think actually but he's not far off wrong either i think our customers expect that why do our customers turn to us because i'm really into sales but why do their customers turn to them not for the same reason
0: i think what he's really i hope what he's trying to say is that believing in what you are doing is what your customers expect
1: not what it says though is it
0: no, that's what I, I hope when we have him on the show, what he really means is believing in what you're doing, believing in what you're selling, believing in who you are and what you're purporting to your customers is what your customers expect. Customers do expect you to believe in what you do. They do, yeah. And they believe that they expect you to believe in yourself in what you do. So I think fervent belief in what you are doing is a killer app. I think it provides meaning to work. Meaning creates certainty that customers can smell and sense and feel. Do
1: you know what I mean? I do, but I think there's an awful lot of people out there who are fairly successful who work for companies that they don't necessarily believe in. How many salespeople have BT got? God, I don't know knows.
0: But They all do. They drink the BT Kool-Aid. Do
1: you really anything that? Yeah. Why are they in... all so bad at selling? Because
0: I think there's a fine line between drinking the Kool-Aid. For me, that belief and passion... More than anything, it's not necessarily about believing in the product or the brand. It's about knowing that you're right in what you're saying to a customer. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's about sitting in front of the customer and making a challenging comment, not for the sake of being a challenger, but because actually it was the right challenge to make.
1: Genuine inquisition.
0: Yes, and asking a challenging question of the customer and knowing damn well, deep down in your heart, that you asked it with congruence of, because you know it was the right thing to do at that point in time. Now I think that's being passionate in sales, and I think customers expect that you are comfy in your own skin, and that you're mm. that you believe in, in why you're there. But the whole being passionate about sales—that's just too American, too zigzaggler for me.
1: Page seventy-six. Let me finish before you actually rip into this. <laughs> Mondays are fun days for me, but then every day is a fun day. If you like what you'll do. You'll never work a day in your life. I truly look forward to Mondays. I can't wait to get back into the saddle and get back down to work. I, I'm so sick of hearing this. If you like what you'll do, you'll never work a day in your life. No, actually, I do like what I do.
0: But last week, when you were doing that research and that project, yeah, yeah. you looked like you were working to me, mate.
1: Yeah, yeah, but the point is, I do like what I do. But if I had a choice between doing this or going to the gym, and playing golf. Playing golf. Picking my kids up from school, taking them to school. <laughs> Thank you. Doing photography. Thank you. I think I'd probably do that over yes, this. I concur. And I think Michael. anybody that says, I think work is absolutely bloody brilliant, I'll never work a day in my life, should actually try and get a life.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
1: You know... Everybody's got to work right to pay the we, bills. We've
0: all got to work, we've all got to pay the bills, and we've all got to try and find a way of making work enjoyable.
1: Correct. We've all got to
0: try and find a way of doing things in work.
1: Do, do I like this more than I would like being a teacher? 100%. I only say that because I had my daughter's party the other day and we had 30 kids in the room and I thought, how the hell are people teachers? How do you do it, yeah. So, so would I like this more than being a teacher? Yes. But there's a million other... Do curious... I like this more than... Yeah.
0: There's a million other... And I think a lot of this book is written for those people who have realised, damn, I didn't choose to be a psychotherapist. I feel like On... a lot of
1: the modern sales books are selling people the on, s- on being a salesperson.
0: Yes. I concur.
1: And I feel like this guy's doing it. I feel like he's the kind of coach who would walk through the door and resell someone's job to them. Yeah. In, a, in, a, in an effort to cajole them, to then want to do it more, to then get results. Yeah. Whereas actually, looking at the root cause of it, if that if somebody doesn't want to do it, then don't make them do it they can just go and do something else
0: well we you know you and I meet lots of people and I, I see this often where you realise salesman X he's 26 he doesn't quite know where he's at in life and he ends up in a sales career because he sort of he couldn't really work out what else to do with his life Mm-mm. so he ends up in a sales career then he meets a nice pretty girl one night at a bar they get married Mm. Uh, they have a couple of babies and the next thing he knows he's gone from his little flat with a mortgage he could manage to a bigger house with a mortgage that's a stretch so he trades up into a bigger job Mm. Mm. that is actually a little bit bigger than his personal life aspirations
1: but his desire, I agree Yeah.
0: but he's got to do it and before he knows it he wakes up, he's 34 his missus has stopped working and he's realised shit, where did the last 10 years of my life go? Mm. I need to earn a minimum of ninety thousand pounds to just get out of bed, mm. and they realise. But I didn't want to be a salesman, really. I, I wanted to be a a barista uh, in in a posh coffee shop.
1: Yeah, yeah, I said it. But that's it. Then that. that I wanted to be a dolphin trainer.
0: Yeah, I wanted to be a dolphin trainer, and I think he's writing for that guy. Yeah, correct you. Yeah. That's who he's writing for. He's writing for the guy who hasn't accepted That's
1: your problem with this book? Yes. Is he's preaching to a man that's already converted? Yes. But if you look at the book in isolation, some of the mindsets in it are quite good.
0: Yeah. And, you know, why am I, c- I want to be a dolphin trainer too, but I'm very comfortable with the fact that other decisions I've made in my life, and therefore I need to get out of bed in the morning and sell some of them.
1: Correct. So that's the end of section one. So that has been a very productive
0: show. It's interesting, because, you know, when I came into work this morning, Mike, and you said to me, what do you make of the book? Mm, right. You didn't like it. But we've had a lot to talk about and actually it's kind of, I guess if you're listening, it's probably worth going out and buying the book based on how much we've talked about around it. Thought-provoking. Thought-provoking, very much so. So, remember everybody, you know why we're here. If you see this on LinkedIn, do us a favour, hit like and trust. But well,
1: if they hit like, does that mean that their boss will think they're looking for a job and they'll get fired? No, it's
0: not. Just hit the like and share button. Thank you
1: very much. We'll See you next week. Bye-bye.